Hello and welcome to Let It Be, a podcast about less doing and more being. This is episode 44. Brooke, we're tackling another listener question today, which is something we really love doing. We do enjoy when people send questions in to us because then we know that we're talking about stuff that people want to know about. So Carla has asked, I'm interested in your views on community, especially since you're both introverts. How do you overcome your introversion and shyness and feel part of a community in real life? What defines a community for you? Just quickly, I don't think Brooke's shy, but I am. So the shyness side of things is relevant to me, but not necessarily to Brooke. But um, I think a good place to start with this one is what defines a community for you? And I know for me, if I'm going to break it down to like just a sound bite, I'm going to say community is something that makes me feel that I'm part of something bigger. What do you think about that, Brooke? I agree, actually. I, I, I had been thinking about it because I used to sort of, rebel against the idea of community particularly as I became like a parent and started to be part of you know school things and stuff like that and it wasn't anything because interestingly to me it it felt like this big social construct that you had to be a part of the community (laughs) and that didn't like that terrified me not so much anymore and I think that's because I've become you know a lot more open and a lot more sort of open-minded and I guess generous with my time and stuff but uh, yeah, initially it used to be this this big like, capital C community that you must be a part of. But now I agree, it's anything that makes you feel like you belong to something bigger than you. And a community can be a, a like a Facebook group a, or a group of people who who come together with a shared interest in something who can be completely different in every other regard. But, you know, people who come together to talk about something or do something or share something. Uh, and it can be massive or it can be quite tiny, I think. Can you interchange community with tribe, do you think? Um, or are they kind of different-ish things? To me, I think tribe is something a little bit more values-centred. You know, I think when you've you've found your people, and that's sort of how I describe having found my tribe. And I know you can, you can belong to different tribes and different communities all at the same time. But when I think of that, I think of people who get me not just the thing not just mm. the one thing oh yeah i get that, yeah, yeah. you know yeah uh, when you have a conversation with someone and you're like my people <laughs> these are my people and that's not just because you share an interest in yoga or cats or sketching you know i think it's when you have that shared interest maybe but then also for me it's a lot to do with humor and stuff like if people if we can kind of joke around and get each other's <laughs> humor straight away or understand that sort of particular quirk or whatever it is that to me is tribe but I think they can be interchangeable to, to a certain extent but for me I think community is is probably a broader I live it yeah different. yeah actually you know I really I really like that distinction between the two because I initially was thinking that they're pretty much interchangeable but yeah now that you have said that yeah I do feel that tribe is much more that group of people who just gets you you don't kind of have to explain things to them they already know what you're talking about and as you say like you have you make a little joke 
and only they will get it and they laugh and <laughs> you know and it's real i guess um it's front of mind for me because we we had a simple a simpler way event on the weekend and that was like the very definition of tribe like you yes. know we any little jokes that we dropped during during our respective presentations like people just got it and they laughed you know and Thanks for laughing, guys, because it makes things so much easier. <laughs> when you don't stand in front of a crowd and die. <laughs> okay, I won't make any more jokes today. But, yeah, I, I think that's so true because then when I think of community, like certainly since we've moved into our house this year, so now that we are back in the same area that my son is going to school and I've been able to draw on our local school community so much more, that's been so lovely but it's funny because yeah that's my community and they're people that you know yeah we can draw on Mm. and we can all use each other but they're not tribe Mm -hmm. like you know I can't I don't know I can't necessarily talk to the mums at school about you know simple living or writing or you know any of the things I have interest in necessarily yeah we're but we are a community because we share that you know, we all go, our kids all go to the same school together. But, and what I love about my particular school community is the way that all the mums really do get behind each other. Like we just have a lovely, a lovely community. And it's interesting, like you were saying, like how you kind of push back against that whole sense of community before you kind of got involved in it. Because I remember before Jaden started school, I'm just like, oh, I'm just, I'm not going to be that mum hanging out with other mums, like (laughs) talking about our kids, like it's just not me, like I'm not going to do it. And then, of course, Jaden went to school and when, you know, your kid's in kindy, like you kind of have to hang outside the the classroom until you're allowed in and then you have to go in with your child. So you're kind of like forced in, you know, to talk to the other mums or go stand off by the side and and have no friends um and in, and in doing you know because you're forced to talk to people you do and you realize like I can't believe I was going to push back at this whole thing I, was, yeah. I can't believe I was pushing back at this these fantastic friendships and relationships that we have and you need to have them because let's say for this afternoon like my workload at the moment is completely out of control <laughs> like like you wouldn't believe and I'm just like I just need an extra hour today to just get some stuff done and so you know I was able to text one of the mums from school this morning and say look can Jaden go home with you after school today just so I can have that extra hour and like she's like yeah absolutely no dramas and having people you can trust to do that you know, all that, you know, when we're walking home from school sometimes and then we're walking with someone and they're like, and Jane's like, oh, can such and such come over? And I'm like, yeah, they can because we're right there and we're all in this area together and it's it's just really lovely. So, mm. yeah, yeah, I think I used to look at community before before the kids started school and for me that was a like a delineation point, but it doesn't, that's not the only one, of course. It could just be moving to a different area. or. But for me initially... When I was kind of this in this little self-contained bubble of just Ben and I and then the kids were at preschool and that was a little bit of an introduction to it, but, you know, it was still just mostly us as a family unit uh, and we didn't need necessarily 
to dip into, you know, the wider community. I always viewed capital C community as (laughs) something that just took from you. It required mm. time of you. And that sounds awful. And I don't mean it to, but it, no, that's... It, it's I actually like know you exactly need to, what you're talking about. You know, it, yeah. it's it's committees and it's fundraising and it's like being available and doing all of these things. And what I didn't see was the flip side of that, which is the amazingness that is being a part of that community. Like, yeah, absolutely. Being a part of community A is a choice. You get to choose to the extent to which you want to be involved and, you know, the amount of time and energy you give to a certain community is up to you as well. And it will change, absolutely, yeah. given yeah. seasons of life and, you know, requirements elsewhere. It will absolutely ebb and flow. But the flip side of that is all the benefits of being part of a community. And in that example of being part of a school community, you know, you're able to to draw on the other members of that community and support each other. And if you're looking at, you know, at any, any kind of community, anywhere that you have a shared a shared element to your life i think is is a community yeah. to a certain extent some obviously are more involved than others but the you know the, it's not just a one way street it's not just a giving to this community you also benefit from being a part of it in lots of different ways yes and i think that's the key to remember is that yes you know you do have to give but you i do think that you get so much more from your communities when you're involved in them than than your giving and mm-hmm. yeah I mean I just think of even like our little it was Halloween yesterday and you and I were talking about this before we started recording and we were talking about how if there's Halloween Grinches we are it um, <laughs> <laughs> just because I don't know I, I know for me it's just like it's kind of like a hallmark it's like the hallmark holiday of celebrations it's like this thing was created we live in australia yeah in australia it's not a thing it's not until maybe 10 years ago it wasn't really a thing you know particularly (laughs) trick-or-treating like you would have i would have halloween parties with my friends in high school that was just to get dressed up you know it was a fancy dress party it wasn't it just happened to be around halloween but the last decade or so it's slowly become a thing (laughs) trick-or-treating yeah yeah and, it, and it's funny because I, I put on Facebook, Halloween, not my favorite. And I got like quite a lot of people going, not mine either. I hate it. Um, but also quite a lot of people going, what's to hate? Like, you know, it's kids walking around the neighborhood, you know, seeing the neighbors. And quite a lot of people got on there and said, you know what? I used to hate it as well, but I went for a walk with my kids tonight around the neighborhood trick or treating. And I got to meet a heap of neighbors yep that I don't normally get to see and it's really nice seeing all the neighbourhood kids out and and to be fair, I did go out with my kids last night and we did get to feel that community and it was really, really nice. So yeah. No, I'm, yeah. I thought that was exactly my experience as well. It's the the like the pre stuff, I think, and the the I don't I, I can't exactly put my finger on it precisely what it is about it but this the the walking around just we just walked around the block the kids got dressed up they saw so many kids from school and then kids from school knocked on our front door you know we got to talk to people and there was a big group of parents and kids wandering around together it was that side of it I love and I have nothing but love for for anything that gets people talking and outside and kind of slowly chipping away at those really high fences we seem to build between Mm, ourselves and our neighbors now and yes. I think that that anything, and let's talk about Halloween as the example because it's timely, it it allows us to have those conversations so that if 
you lock yourself out of the house one day or if, (laughs) you know, you desperately need, I don't know, milk or if your cat escapes while you're on holidays, you can call that person because you're just slowly starting to put out those roots of community. And I think it's just, it's just talking to people and being open and available. And I, so going back to Carla's question, I guess, of how to do that when you're shy and an introvert, which, you know, would make it doubly kind of challenging, I think. I think it's just an openness rather than um, mm. you don't need to be an extrovert. You don't need to be Captain Chatterlot. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, but I think being open to sitting down, if you're sitting down at school waiting for the bell to ring, just saying hello, you know, and asking a question. Or uh, I also feel like, and this is kind of a strange little litmus test, but if I start to feel like the person at the coffee shop knows my face and or knows my name or what I order, that's a community thing. That means you've sort of been there for a little while. Yeah. You're starting to put down the most tentative of roots, you know, and I think even just being open to that kind of thing and attending the farmer's market and, you know, if, if your town has a spring fair, going to that and just sort of slowly soaking in the wider community activities and aspects and you slowly start to feel like you belong there as, as a member of that community and from that you start to then maybe like buy a raffle ticket and then potentially you join a, a club or, you know, just slowly feel those roots start to, to spread out. And I don't, it doesn't need to be, you know, president of the PNC straight away. It's because yeah. <laughs> I will never do that. <laughs> and I think that's an important um, distinction to make is like, you know, I know this is true, especially uh, this is probably true for everybody, but especially for tr- introverts and especially for shy introverts which is I which I am one is we do feel most comfortable when we're able to interact on our own terms yeah so try to set yourself up to interact on your own terms where and when possible so um I haven't done this yet in our street we've just got we live in a little cul-de-sac there's about probably eight houses in this cul-de-sac and what I meant to do when we moved in was just drop a note in everybody's letterbox to say introducing us like here we are but also kind of just going here's my phone number and my email in case you ever need to contact me for anything if you ever see anything funny going on around the house or and so that to me I'm not going to go knock on someone's door and go hey I'm the new neighbor like I'm Kelly here's everything about me but I can introduce myself to people in that way. And then next time I'm walking out the front door and someone's driving out of their garden, um, driving out of their front yard, we can wave to each other and we kind of know, they know who I am. Yep. And they might have got back to me. And this is, I think it's really, this is an interesting thing. We know both our neighbours either side of us, we both have their phone numbers and we also know the neighbour around at the back of us as well um just because when we were building like you get to know your neighbors <laughs> knocking down their fences and all that stuff and anyway so the other day like there was a dog barking and it was barking all day and I've never heard a dog bark all day before and eventually I kind of wandered around the back going whose dog is this because then I started worrying about the old people who live the other side of the back because I was like oh no like yeah is that dog trying to tell me something like come and save my owner anyway it turned out it was the neighbors at the back and so I just dropped them a text to say look 
just letting you guys know your dog's been barking all day. I've never heard him bark before. Just checking everything is okay. And, you know, they rang to say, you know, to say, oh, shit, um, the wife had kind of left the dog in an unusual place and thanks for letting them know. They didn't even know, you know, the dog had been barking. And, yep. and you know, but it was just a nice conversation. But it was like also it was a, just a bit of a reconnection because we hadn't spoken to them in a while. And I do think it's really important to know everybody around you because we had a similar situation where we were living before, like where the dog was kind of freaking out, barking for and just nonstop, which was unusual, but we didn't know the neighbor's number. We didn't know anything about them. And we're just like, what do we do? Like, yeah, you know, exactly. how, how do we know if something is okay? So I, th- I think that it's really important to get to know the people in your street and just everybody knows that you've got each other's back. You know, sorry, probably a little bit tangential, but I do find that in this day and age, we don't know our neighbours. Mm. And I think it's, or we might know them enough to nod at them when we drive out of our you know driveway or walk past in the afternoon, but we don't know their names and we don't know their phone numbers and we should, you know, because we need, that gives us that sense of community that we, you know, that I feel it's very easy to lack. It's very easy to kind of keep your head down and just mind your own business these days. Yeah, and I think that's that's a kind of a big piece with the connected slash disconnected world that we're in as mm. well. I do think that we feel typically hyper-connected because we're online all the time. We've got social media. We're constantly attached to our phones and our emails and, you know, we can always be reached by someone and we can almost always reach someone So I think we almost feel insulated from the need to connect to people face to face and just have a conversation over the fence, you know, for five minutes while you're watering the garden. Like that's such a suburban thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so important. It's so important to know each other and to, yeah, to feel, I know that we've got two elderly people living on this street and I should know what's going on with them you know so I should know if they should feel comfortable to come and knock on my door or call me if they ever need help like I feel now that I'm thinking about it I feel bad that I haven't gone and said hello to them or at least just drop that note in their in their letterbox to say look this is who we are this is where you know we're here Um, I'm home these days a week if you ever need something let me know and yeah, I totally agree with you that we kind of have this almost false sense of connection because we are so hyper connected. Like I'm so much more connected to you who live on the other side of the country to me than I am to the people who live three doors down, you know, yes. and I feel like I should do something about that. <laughs> yeah, I think because I think part of it is we, we, we've replaced that neighborhood connection with our global connection you know of of being online and I think that not in every instance absolutely but in a lot of instances what we have what we've kind of mistaken for community is just belonging to the same broad group you know I think and and saying oh I've got heaps of friends I've got like 684 (laughs) friends on Facebook I'm like okay how many of them will actually be able to help you or who you would who would you go to if there was something that you needed help with you know and i think that 
that like, I have no issue with being connected to people and being member of communities online, like digital communities, because I am like myriad kind of communities <laughs> yeah. and tribes online. And I, I love it. I really love that I can stay in touch with my friends in Canada and still feel like we're part of a, a tribe, even though we literally live around the other side of the world. And, you know, Instagram, stupid Instagram messages helps us to do that. Great. I have no <laughs> problem with it. I wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for the internet and the communities it provides. But don't discount the real life in person, you know, touching, shaking hands, looking in the eye kind of community as well. Because I think as uncomfortable as it can feel, there are so many benefits to both contributing to that community. And that goes back to the whole feel good factor of just being part of something bigger than yourself that isn't just self-serving. And then you also have the benefit of being part of that community in terms of the support that it can offer as well. So I think that I often get emails from people actually asking how to become part of the community. And I think that instead of thinking about the community, think of small pockets of community and smaller groups that you can start to, you know, start to become a part of in a way that works for you, like you say, rather than feeling like I need to be part of the community and sign up to Rotary and become a, a rural fire brigade volunteer all at the same time. I think just being a little bit more open to the people around you and who live near you and who have shared interests with you is a really great way of starting to become part of that, that group of people. Because the thing is with community, you don't necessarily have a whole heap in common with people in terms of your values (laughs) or your beliefs or, you know, heaps of things, but you do have something in common and that might be the school that your kids go to or the proximity that you, that you live from with each other, or it could be something more specific like, you're part of a yoga class or, you know, you do art classes or you play football together or, you know, your kids go to the same play group. So there is a commonality there. And I, th- I think they are their communities in and of themselves as well. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about, about that? Cause I think, I think there is a, an important thing to realize that just because we don't have a lot in common with people in our community in terms of maybe broader things, we do have things in common with them. Yeah, I definitely find that such an interesting distinction that, yeah, like as you say, like my neighbours, the only thing I have in common with them is that we live in the same cul-de-sac. But that's a pretty big thing to have in common with totally. them. Certainly, you know, and certainly like, you know, when Jaden plays Auskick, like you've got that little community down at Auskick of all the parents and kids who are playing Auskick. And, you know, and I know, so I kind of coming a little bit back to Carla's question here because, you know, when you're a shy person, you kind of, you're overthinking every conversation or you're yeah. thinking like, oh, I don't have anything to offer this person, like, yeah. but, so I can't talk to them. And and I think it's also introverts as well loathe small talk. <laughs> yeah, and, and that makes it And this is what harder. community yes. forces on you, unfortunately, yes. is community forces you to make small talk with people. And for a very long time, I took the attitude of, I'm an introvert, we loathe small talk. If you want to have a deep and meaningful conversation, let's do it. But if you just want to chat about the weather, forget about it. Like, I'm just going to stand here in the corner. I've only kind of recently come to realize, I think um, Susan Kane shared a thing about small talk and introverts kind of using that as an excuse mm-hmm. to like, just because we don't like it, we shouldn't have to do it. Sure. And, and um, 
I changed my thinking on that like because I did take that I don't like it so I'm not going to do it it's stupid it's not a real conversation kind of thing and she kind of showed it as no it's small talk is a bridge that you're building to create community and to create relationships with people and if you refuse to cross that bridge you know you're making it really difficult for yourself so I think that yeah as as far as being really practical as insofar as the question that Carla asked whether we like it or not we have to embrace small talk and instead of fighting it and going oh I'm not talking about the weather just talk about the weather yeah it's okay (laughs) yeah just talk about the fact that you know you just paid four dollars for a cup of coffee yet at your Auskick that that's how much you would pay for a barista coffee and go I can't believe we just paid this like for and it's like for this is our Auskick does this it's from an urn I'm sure it's like proper like um, plunger coffee but it's from an urn I, I ordered a long black it was half it was a half filled cup of urn coffee and I paid the- <laughs> I paid four dollars for it at Ozkick, and that was the best bit of small talk I got to make all day. That's that day. conversational gold, right there. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> so just find these little things that you can laugh about together and shake your head and go, "Yeah, this is what we do to support our little footy club." Exactly. And I, yeah, I think I think yeah, you're right. In terms of practicalities, like you don't have to. It doesn't. It's certainly actually not going to become a deeper, meaningful conversation without getting to know someone a little bit and that's how you do it unless you've thrown into some kind of you know catastrophe yeah. together you're probably going to figure out whether or not you want to cross that bridge into friendship with this person or even just you know a community ship with that person by engaging with a the small talk and you know i think as hard as it can be as an overthinker to keep it light internally realize that this is just small talk like it you're not auditioning this person to be your new best friend or anything (laughs) like that like they may turn out to be a a really close friend but they also may just be a person that you absolutely shoot the breeze with at football once a week and that's it they don't think about you any more than that you don't think about them any more than that that's perfectly fine that seems to be most like most adult conversations when you're at a birthday party for your kids or something like that it's fine. Like keep it light in your head. Don't make it a bigger thing than it needs to be. And if you're stuck, ask people about themselves. Yeah. I think that's that's something that if ever I find like I'm kind of in a conversation with someone and it's it's like it's stilted, it's not the most free-flowing thing, <laughs> ask them a question about themselves and then follow up with another question about themselves and people will almost always have something to say about themselves, you know, and whether it's their family, their work, their car, their coffee, whatever it is. Okay, so tell me this because this is like I I am a product of my friends, um, going slightly off topic but not really. So I feel like I'm prying. I never know <laughs> how much to ask. Like I'm deathly scared of the question, so what do you do? Because I've just read so many articles about don't define me by what I do. But I'm just like, what people do tells you so much about them and gives you so much conversational fodder. Yes. But why can't I go there? I, I actually want to, I'm going to, we're going to have this conversation in the Let It Be group on Facebook when this, when this episode comes out, because I need to know what's appropriate and what's not. Because as you say, as an overthinker, I've kind of been, and as someone who's friends with very, very private people, 
I've kind of been conditioned to don't ask. Like Mm -hmm. if someone wants to tell you something, they will volunteer that information to you. But what that means is it doesn't leave a lot to talk about. No, it doesn't. The weather. (laughs) And the coffee. and, And the coffee. Like so, yeah, so this is something that I find difficult from trying to become an, you know, trying to meet people and for meaningful relationships, well, not even meaningful relationships, just relationships. Mm-hmm. How do you do that without going beyond the weather and etc.? So, uh, <laughs> it's a good question. I don't have any kind of particularly good answer, but I think meet people where they are first of all. It's going to it's going yeah. to come become quite clear if they don't want to talk to you about, maybe they just don't want to talk to you at all, and that's fine. <laughs> Just go and talk to someone else, you know, get through it, take, take a deep breath, excuse yourself, understand that you're going to feel awkward and go and talk to someone else or lie and say you need to go to the toilet, I don't, you know, your kid <laughs> needs you, whatever it is that, that needs to, to happen in order to extricate yourself from a conversation <laughs> that neither of you want to be in anymore. <laughs> Which is I'm laughing fine. because I've used the toilet thing totally. so much. And oh, just man. today just today I wrote an article for Flying Solo about how I spent a whole conference going to the toilet. I am not joking. <laughs> the first conference I went to after I had the kids, I think I went to the toilet about 20 times on a, by lunch because <laughs> I'd walk through the, the horrific room of networking hell and – not catch the eye of someone or you know a conversation fizzles out and I just excuse myself to the ladies I my lipstick was impeccable that day because that's all I did I went to the bathroom put my lipstick on took a deep breath came back out tried it again yeah but you know so so meet people where they are if they don't want to talk at all fine that's so fine like they might just not want to talk that's not a problem but if they I think there's a way of having a conversation without delving deep into so tell me what you do and what's your motivation for that or why have you chosen that career? You know, just I like asking and I kind of feel like, um, I don't know, I don't know. It's it's a super light question. Have you got any plans for the rest of the weekend? What are you guys uh, up to? That's one of my favorites yeah. because you, they don't have to tell you anything deep or, you know, but it opens up the conversation and there might be something there for you to talk about. Perhaps they're going to the football. Maybe they're seeing a movie. Maybe they've got a birthday party or they're gardening or you know, and I think that, that that's a nice, gentle way of talking without giving up too much and you kind of go from there. But I understand that that feeling, that hesitancy to not ask questions because that was me for a long time. Like I didn't ever want to seem rude by asking questions. And then I started paying attention to what other people who seem to have no problem striking up conversation with anyone do. And they do ask questions and they do it unapologetically. They're not rude questions but they just don't have a problem with asking questions and I think I've started to try and apply a little bit of that to to my social interactions and that's helped heaps heaps so that's maybe something you can try as well yeah I really like that I do I do like that tip of paying attention to people who are perhaps a little bit more socially adept yeah (laughs) paying attention to what they do I've got a friend who's amazing she can find out the most interesting thing about a person within one minute of talking to them and so I do like kind of just stand there and take notes whenever she's whenever she's in action and I think yeah I think that's a good one is it, it sounds stupid but it I've done this at conferences before where you just arm yourself you prepare Yep, absolutely. You, you arm yourself with an arsenal of questions and it, sound, it feels a little bit stupid and it feels a little bit trite and forced, but it's not. It's just 
acknowledging that this is not my naturally happy place. It's not an environment I usually thrive in. So I'm just going to tool myself up with things to help me function a bit better. And yeah, I think don't be afraid to acknowledge your weaknesses and yeah, prepare yourself with things that are going to make things easier. Thank you for listening to this episode of Let It Be. If you want to connect with Kelly or myself, you can find us on social media. Kelly is at Kelly Exeter on Twitter. And on Facebook, if you search for A Life Less Frantic, you will find her there. And on uh, Twitter, I'm at Brooke McCallery. And on Facebook, I'm at Slow Your Home. And uh, if you wanted to either reach out to us on Twitter, you can use hashtag Let It Be Pod. Or uh, head over to letitbe.fm and you can find our show notes and other information about the show. And finally, if you wanted or felt, you know, the desire to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, that would be wonderful. And, um, you know, we, we read them all and we appreciate you taking the time to listen and then uh, tell us what you think. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.